When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Wolverine Confidential Podcast. I'm Andrew Kahn. I'm Ryan Zook. And I'm Aaron McMahon. On this episode, we discuss the latest on Michigan football, including practice updates and the official preseason rankings. Meanwhile, the men's basketball team is headed to Europe for a few exhibition games. We'll preview that trip and more on Wolverine Confidential. All right, guys, going to be talking with you here Tuesday morning, August 16th. You know, we're getting closer to the football season. That's how time works. Uh, so close that the preseason polls are now out. We had the coaches last week, and now we've got the AP poll. And Aaron, you are a voter again in the AP poll. And I just love how you immediately, your first story after it publishes is questioning your own vote. You know, did I rank this team <laughs> or that team too high? Just get get out in front of it, out in front of the criticism. Um, you know, kind of like, you know, you're, you're B rabbit in eight mile, you know, you're pointing out your flaws. So your opponent can't do it. That's next level voting right there. What were Oklahoma fans' thoughts on, on you putting them in twice in your poll? <laughs> yeah. You know, I put that list out. I didn't even notice. <laughs> I'm surprised no one at the, usually when you make a mistake, cause I, and I'm usually good for probably one or two a year, whether it's forgetting a team or like doing duplicates, usually they reach out to you. And ask you like Wait, your what? actual vote look like that is it, it's not an automated system because like i couldn't do that with basketball because it's like a drop down thing where it won't let you select it's like you've already taken select yeah usually yeah usually that's the case but for <laughs> some reason it i don't know it went through or maybe they changed it for me i don't know but yes i had oklahoma in there twice at like i don't even know what it was 13 and 17 or something <laughs> i don't know and then there's oklahoma state in there too so <laughs> so I, I don't know what happened there i mean like i said I, i'm good for probably one mistake a year maybe two but, uh, but yeah, I mean, I had Michigan six mm-hmm. and they came out in the AP poll at eight. Uh, so they were a little higher, lower, higher, whatever, that, whatever you right. want to say, than, than I had them. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, it's tough right now because it's preseason. You know, we're going off of largely like last year's results combined with what these teams are bringing back and expectations and, you know, what their the individual conferences look like. So it's it, in a way, it's a guessing game right now. It's tough to do. You know, in perfect example of this, you know, we saw the news last week about Wake Forest quarterback Sam Hartman being out indefinitely due to some uh, non-football related injury or illness. Um, the AP actually came back and gave us uh, some time to, to re- redo our ballots if we wanted. You know, if you if you wanted to put, you know, Wake Forest down or take them out or whatever the case may be. But that's just a perfect example. I mean, your injuries are going to pop up. Things are going to happen. Uh, and, and I can assure you that the preseason AP poll that came out yesterday is going to look vastly different probably at the end of the year yeah that's that's how it goes i mean like like you said you're going off of michigan finishes has a great year last year and you know they should be better offensively but worse defensively and you're just kind of doing that math to try to figure out you know what it all means while comparing them it's all relative to of course every other team in the country um but yeah i mean they checked in at six and the coaches um you know the fact that they were only a couple spots off from what you had uh, you know that's they're generally viewed as a as a top 10 team right now which is where they were you know earlier parts of the harbaugh era but not not necessarily you know the last uh 
few years. That was that was not, that was not the case with with Michigan. Um, you know, you talked about the preseason being different than um, the postseason rankings. Michigan finished, you know, number three after making it uh, to the playoff and losing to the eventual national champion. But um, you know, in the in the preseason poll, Michigan was uh, last year. Michigan preseason was not ranked. If I'm yeah, right. I was yeah, say zero. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they they weren't in there. So <laughs> there you go, right there. Um, you, know, you can have you can have anomalies like that but you know Alabama was was one and and you know Georgia was five like you know some of the better teams were still up there but um yeah you just don't know exactly how it's gonna gonna play out so Indiana was ranked I remember that they're top 20 um so like you just you know there's always those those surprises yeah and, and it's fair to call Michigan a top 10 team just be, again based on the results last year and they got so many offensive pieces coming back. I think it's fair to put them in the top 10. But again, you're weighing them against the Alabamas who, you know, from an outside perspective, had a down year last year. Georgia, obviously, is coming from the defending national champion, but they lose so much on defense. Ohio State's loaded offensively. And then you got teams like Notre Dame and Texas A&M that you're kind of waiting to see what happens there. They're expected to be good, but they've got coach, you know, they've had, you know, they get, you know, in case Notre Dame, new head coach, uh, it's a lot going on. It's, it's going to be a, it's going to be a fun, I think, start of the year, just to gauge and see how, see how some of these teams do, especially the teams out West in the Pac-12, like the Utahs and the Oregons and see how they end up. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, Michigan, I think it's safe to call them a top 10 team. They're going to have to prove their worth. Um, luckily for them, they've got, we've talked about this in the past. They've got a relatively easy schedule, at least early on. Uh, so there's no reason they, you know, they shouldn't be 4-0 going into that game in Iowa. So, uh long long you know it's it's a sprint it's a marathon not a sprint here uh you know it'll be updated weekly as the season goes on and uh we'll see where things go i don't know about you guys but i was really surprised that utah was ahead of michigan in in the ap poll i mean they were 10 and 4 last year they play in the pac 12 i mean yeah they've they've been pretty consistent over the last few years but i mean i don't think they're ready to take that next step and but even i i think you have to take into account what happened last year a little bit and yeah, that, that was the, the one big surprise. I could definitely see Texas A&M being uh, ahead of Michigan with with all the talent they have. I mean, Notre Dame, they built so much momentum on the recruiting trail. I wonder if that's like trickling over into like what people are thinking about this current team. Like, yeah, they're bringing in recruits left and right, but they're not on campus yet. Like there's still some holes on that roster, in my opinion. Um, and, and they're going to they got Ohio State week one. So we're going to find out pretty quickly how. Uh, how deep and, and how ready that team is under uh, Freeman. I'm glad you brought Notre Dame up because I was thinking the same thing as you. Like they've got guys back. They're probably going to be very, you know, a good team again, but you got a first year head coach. And it almost seems like when there's first year head coaches, there, there's some stumbling there. I mean, the Marcus Freeman's still trying to figure out what he wants to do. He's got new coordinators. Uh, he's got new people in the building. So it's going to be, I'm real curious to see how they, they, they start. Like you said, uh, my ballot, I had Utah Notre Dame, under Michigan. So I had Michigan six, Utah seven, Notre Dame eight. I, I'm with you. I, I don't know. I'm not sold yet. Notre Dame, they're gonna have to, they're gonna have to show me uh not and not just tell me there. I've got Texas AM at five. Like like you said, they've they had so many good recruiting classes back to back here now that they've got no excuse now not to be good. I mean they've got to have this has to be their breakout year Jim O. Fisher's I mean if he's not on the hot seat already he's gonna be uh so I mean that tier there from four to eight is gonna be fascinating. Clemson's Texas AM's Michigan, Utah, Notre Dame, and then outside there, you know, whatever you want to play, Oregon, Baylor, whatever. But the, that that next tier after the, you know, the first four of the playoff teams, 
uh, are going to real going to be real fascinating to, to follow this year. Did you have Texas on your ballot? Oh, good question. Let me look. I don't think I did. Uh, oh my God! What is up? I mean, no, come no on, Texas. no, no Texas. Texas? Oh my God! Give me the Longhorns making the playoff. I don't know, man. I, I'm really like their offensive firepower is pretty scary. They can just figure anything out defensively, and they're playing in the Big Twelve. Like, I mean, I think. I can't wait for that Alabama-Texas game in Austin week two. That's going to be fascinating. Right. But You're talking about the same Texas team that almost lost to Kansas last year, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All mean, right, we'll, we'll, we'll see there. Yeah. We'll see. I, th- I thought they did, actually, but maybe maybe that Did they? I thought they won game. in, like, triple overtime or something. Maybe they lost. I don't remember. But it was a first time. Yeah, first time since 2016 they were uh, not ranked. Uh, Saint Penn State, I believe, similar um, – deal um so yeah well, we'll Iowa see. wasn't even in there either and their loaded defense is returning a lot of key pieces it was there were some surprises in the big 10 so i had my 25th team on my ballot was penn state and it was basically like a battle between them and iowa like which team i think is better because like you said iowa's defense is expected to be good again we know we saw the offense wasn't very good last year. It probably won't be very good this year but it was a competitive team they got some good wins they're, we know what they're going to do i mean they're a they're well balanced team. They're they play well at home, uh, but yeah, it was a it was kind of a coin flip there with Penn State and Iowa at twenty five because I I feel like I had to get another Big Ten team in there, especially with the Big Ten East expected to be so competitive again. Uh, you know, so it's you know if I put Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State in there, I thought you know Penn State should probably get in there too. All right, well, what uh, what have we learned since you know we last uh, spoke about the actual about the actual team, what they've been doing, you know, on the field. Um, you know, any positional battles, what we've learned from talking to assistant coaches? Well, yeah, we, we spoke to defensive coordinator Jesse Minner and co-defensive coordinator Steve Klingscale last week. They seem real bullish on the secondary. And, and the more I look into it, the more I hear, you know, hear about the guys that got, you know, competing, the depth they have there. I tend to agree, you know, the, the, the safety spot, it sounds like there's going to kind of be a three-man rotation. Steve Klingscale made it sound like there's, there's still an open competition there in terms of like who's going to start and everything else. Um, but it sounds like between RJ Moten, Rod Moore and Makari Page, they're going to, they're going to be split in time. It sounds like the coaching staff really likes Makari Page, West Bloomfield kid. He's been in the program now a couple of years. He's a guy who Jim Harbaugh has openly said that has had good springs in the past. He's looked good. And then they would get to fall camp and he would kind of fall back and he just, he, he wasn't the same type of guy. That doesn't seem to be the case right now. It sounds like he's continued that consistency from spring. He's still pushing for a starting job. And in fact, it kind of sounds like right now, RJ Moten and Makari Page are, are kind of practicing with the ones with Rod Moore still kind of getting his feet back underneath him after he didn't practice in the spring due to injury. So, you know, between the, the cornerback situation, you know, position, which it sounds like it's pretty much set, you know, Jamon Green and DJ Turner there, which is kind of be expected. And then the guys at safety, and then you've got Mike Sanders still back through. Sounds like he's going to get some reps. I don't know if necessarily going to start, but they like they still like him back there. I think the secondary they, they look at very very fondly. I think that could be the backbone of the defense. You know, at the same token too, we we've seen a good secondary in the past. But if Michigan doesn't get that pass rush, and I think that's going to be key to this defense this year. You know, if they can get the pass rush and the push at the line of scrimmage to help to help the back end, I think they can be okay. But so we'll see. They, they sound pretty bullish on the secondary. I, I seem to think so, too. But we'll see. I spoke to Ronnie Bell last week, I guess the second time this summer. Uh, he is. He says he's healthy. He's still practicing. He's 100 percent. He's at full. He's full go. Um, you know, he did say he is practicing on special teams again, returning punts. He wants to do it. That was something he told us back in I think June when they talked to him at a camp. 
Um, you know, then he wanted to do it. Now he's actually doing it. So I don't know if he'll be the number one guy fielding punts, but he's back there again. I know that might make some Michigan football fans cringe, given the fact that that's how he got injured last year. Um, he, he doesn't seem to care what you think. You know, he wants to do it. He uh, this is his idea. He likes doing it. He thinks he's good at it. Uh, and he's certainly not letting the, uh, you know, the, the fear or whatever the injury last year, uh, you know, changes uh, his, his thought process there. Uh, so big, those are kind of the two storylines from last week. It was really defensive focused. Uh, we didn't talk to too many offensive guys. Um, no, we are, we are halfway past that, the, you know, halfway point of, of fall camp. So things are kind of, um, things are expected to kind of figure, you know, cheap ramp shape. up. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, we're supposed to talk to Jim Harbaugh this week, I think Wednesday. So maybe we get an update on the quarterback situation, the clarity there, if there is any. Uh, but as I said last week, I think the longer the quarterback competition goes, the probably the more it favors JJ McCarthy. Uh, but the same token, I'm still I'm still leaning toward Kate McNamara taking uh, first team reps week one. Uh, I have a feeling that they're not going to name a, a starting quarterback until I don't even know if they will before the season starts. I think it might be they'll put, play both in in week one. It'll continue to be a battle until until it gets to the meat of the schedule. But we'll see. But I want to ask you, Aaron. I know last year I feel like people or players were asked a lot who the fastest was was on the team and. I don't know if anyone, I can't recall, did anyone ever mention DJ Turner back then? Because now they're talking about this guy's running like a 4-2-6. I'm like, I, I know he's he's a pretty athletic dude, but I just, I, I don't recall seeing that speed on the field at all. You know, I don't remember, and I don't, this might sound, you know, vain to me or whatever, but I don't really take much stock in those cl- claims. Uh, I feel like every year <laughs> we hear about guys being the fastest on the team. And, and look, that's great and all. But like, does that tr- the question then becomes, does it translate on the field? Because I can't tell you how many times in the past we've heard X receiver is the fastest on the team. He's tough to defend. Mm-hmm. You know, he makes plays in practice and then they don't play in the game. Then it's game time and then he's just blanketed it all game. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's hard to, you know, it, it's one thing if it's a good player and, and they're validated by the by the numbers. That's great. And I think that's what the combine is so important because you got some of the best football players in the country just being validated by these numbers whereas we're getting we're still learning more about these college players and then hearing about all these great numbers and everything else well it's like well let's see on the field first so i don't remember turner's name coming up but it doesn't mean it, it wasn't and, and the point you i guess you're getting at here is the the athletics freaks bruce feldman at the athletic came out with this college football freaks list uh was it last week turner was on that list um i think he was number 31 or something and the mozzie mozzie smith michigan defensive tackle was number one for some of his you know, his, his uh, bench press and some of his, uh, you know, stairs work, works, workouts and everything else. Um, so, yeah, Michigan was well represented on that list, as it seems to be every year. I think last year, Aiden Hutchinson was number two. Cody Pay was, I think, number one the year before. Uh, so, Michigan, it's clear that Michigan's strength program is working and it's popular and it seems, to, you know, it's, it's getting uh, third party, um, you know, endorsements. Uh, so that, that's a good thing. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has been happy with the job that Ben Herbert and his staff have done since Ben's gotten here. So, uh, but yeah, it sounds like they're in good shape. Mozzie's expected to be a big part of that defensive line has been talked about, but again, it's going to come down to think the edge rushing and, and getting the pressure on the quarterback. Who, who, who where is that going to come from and who? Uh, so we'll, we'll see. It sounds like Michigan's um, scrimmaged on Saturday. We don't have a ton of intel from that just yet. Uh, it was obviously closed the public and the media. We weren't allowed in. Um, but I hope if we do talk to Jim Harbaugh this week and kind of try and glean some 
some stuff from that. I'm sure they're going to make some base some decisions on playing time on, on, on that and just kind of how camp is going in general. Um, it was important to note there that the Michigan football program did put out a, a, um, a post scrimmage video there of a, of a former high school, high school athlete, Muskegon, who is now, I think, paraplegic or has some rare bone cancer. They kind of did a thing with him where they, they, you know, lined him up with the line of scrimmage and gave him a football and he kind of went in for a touchdown. Well, if you watch that video close enough, Jim Harbaugh said we're going ones versus ones, offense versus defense when they lined up. And if you notice who handed the football off to him at quarterback was Kate McNamara. So as of Saturday, it sounds like if you're going to go off that video, Kate McNamara is number one starting quarterback. I, you know, we talked about the video they put out with Mac McCarthy throwing a dime. Uh, they, I noticed that, that he was also uh, he was intercepted in the different video they put out uh, earlier this week. A couple of questions. First of all, the freaks list. It's nice, but maybe Michigan just is willing to put out more stuff. Uh, and give them to this writer because I mean Julius Welshoff has been on this list for years now. He's yeah, top exactly. ten again this year, and I'm Perfect not knocking example. the guy, but he's got one sack for his career. Um, <laughs> so like that's nice, but it hasn't exactly translated for him yet. Um, now obviously he's been behind other freaks uh, on, on Michigan's you know defensive line, so so be it. Um, the other question I had was Ronnie Bell. I mean right now putting you on the spot here is he both of you guys he he your leading receiver for Michigan this year. It's tough to answer because I, I just haven't seen him in game speed. I'll say yes right now with the, with, with the, you know, the caveat that I, I want to see him just run, run a route and just in the game and see how he is. I mean, if he's fine and freewheeling, yes, I think there's no question. He should be number one. Um, but if his speed took a hit and he's not the same guy as he was a couple years ago, I'm going to say no. I mean, Cornelius Johnson can, can easily be that guy. Guys saying yes and no at the same time. It's I'm tough. Just, <laughs> 700, 700 yards over under. For Ronnie? Under. Under. I'm Cornelius under. Johnson led the team last year with 40 catches for 627, but but Bell was a leading receiver the two years before. I mean, in just six games, he had 400. Uh, and then 2019, he was a leader as well when Michigan really spread it around, but he, he was a leader with 758. Uh, I'll go under. There's just too many yeah. weapons. We don't with the, With the uncertainty with Ronnie and his speed and his health, I mean, they but say still like him the, to maybe lead the team, but maybe just not with a high number. Yeah, and there's just so many options. I mean, Michigan, they've said they legitimately think they've got eight or nine receivers. Now, that might be a little high here, but I, I, I generally think there could be, you know, four or five legitimate options here they can go to in any game that, you know, we saw what Andrew, Andrew Anthony could do last year, Roman Wilson. They just got to be more consistent about it, and I think they will with another year under their belt. So I'm, I'm going under. All right, what else, uh, what else have we got from this football team? I and mean, we've only got a, a few weeks ago. Uh, before the season opener, is there is there anything else that needs to be decided that you think you think will be besides quarterback? Not not a ton left. I mean, the edge rushers are the who, who starts at ru- at edge rusher. You know, the, the end spots. I mean, you think it's going to be Mike Morris and Taylor Upshaw, but you know, we don't know. Uh, it sounds like right tackle has been settled. Um, no, I mean the secondary. I mean, I, I could see anyone those any one of those three safeties that I mentioned earlier starting. Everything else has been pretty much settled. Maybe, maybe the other, the second linebacker spot in the Kyle Green and Michael Barrett. It sounds like Michael Barrett's had a really good camp. He, he played. He was active in spring, so you know he could push for for a starting job. Other than that, there aren't a ton of mysteries with this this team, other than obviously quarterback that everyone wants to know. So, in terms of like health and depth, I think Michigan's in a decent spot. Now they are thin at certain spots, like linebacker. Um, you know, maybe uh, the defensive line, especially the edge, I mean, the tackle spot over the middle. Um, but I mean, if they can stay healthy, they're okay. They, they got guys, they're talented. 
Um, I'm really curious to see how this this team kind of goes into the Big Ten schedule this year, how they look, how they're playing, um, because I could see this going any which way. I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll do a kind of a, a all-encompassing preview a podcast in the next couple of weeks. But in terms of final final record, I could go any any one way of you know three options. So it's it's going to be interesting to watch. Three options, huh? I think in the Scott Bell's newsletter that that I was a part of, I think everyone either had eleven and zero or eleven and one and or ten and two, which was I don't know what one guy had twelve and zero, so. I put 10 and two there and I think it could be a uh, most likely 10 and two or 11 and one. Yeah. It's, it's kind of a boring schedule this year, which is kind of unfortunate for us, but good for, could be good for Michigan if they take care of business. Certainly different uh, feelings than, than going into last year. Uh, the men's basketball team will go to Europe tonight, Tuesday night, uh, get there, you know, early Wednesday morning. Uh, they'll be in Paris to start. Uh, they'll play an exhibition game there. They'll go to Greece uh, Athens play a game there, then Mykonos, uh, and, and play another one there before coming back. Uh, I, I know more, a little more about this trip than I can say, uh, without Jawan finding me, uh, and punishing you know, me. Andrew. So, yes. Yeah, so I, but I mean, there's not, there's nothing, nothing crazy. I just mean about exactly like who they're playing and stuff like that. But if you're, you know, uh, alumni listening to uh, this podcast who lives over there or happens to be taking a vacation there, uh, don't bother trying to go to the games there. They're, they're going to lock these doors and uh, it's going to be truly closed scrimmages. We'll see what even comes out of this, of these games. I mean, you know, four years ago, there were reporters there and there was, you know, the, the social media team from Michigan was putting out stuff and they put out box scores and results. Uh, it might be a little bit, bit different this time around with the new coach. So we'll, we'll see what, what comes out of it over these next 10 days but that's the uh that's the idea um joey baker i would not expect him to play but we'll see they didn't rule him out as he continues to you know recover from hip surgery in april yusuf kayat will join the team and and suit up for them in these games there so um and that's the first time we'll be meeting the team meeting with the team yes correct yeah it's a while you know he it was understandably delayed he you know was a late commitment um and then had his uh, national team responsibilities, but there's been a little time since then. So if it was just paperwork or kind of working out the logistics of travel, realizing maybe it didn't make sense as we got closer to have him come all the way here, just to go all the way back, right. uh, you know, cause he's been living in France for the last few years anyway, playing with the professional team there. So it kind of makes sense, but it is, it is interesting. Um, no one has met him in person. Um, you know, Juwan, you know, we speculated when he was over there that he saw him like he didn't. It was all, you know, uh, phone, Zooms, and, you know, video work um, as far as scouting him and recruiting him and um, everything since. So, yeah, even with Franz, you know, Juan was able to get over to, I think it was Greece, and, and watch him play before he, he actually joined the team after he committed. But, um, there, you know, that didn't happen this time around. So, yeah, it is interesting. But a lot of new faces, a lot of new guys on these team, this team, 13 scholarships, Nine of them essentially didn't play for the team last year. You know, that counts two guys who are, are basically red shirting, you know, not to mention a guy like Kobe Bufkin, who, in, you know, didn't play in the last game of the year and yet could be a starter on opening night this year. Uh, he's one of the, you know, he's one of the returners. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a very, you know, new look team and it's a, uh, this is a, a good year to have something like this, not just for the games, not just for the bonding, but for the 10 extra practices that you get beforehand. 
Um, so yeah, other teams in the big 10 are doing it, uh, this year. This, this was their year, Ohio state, just in the Bahamas, uh, Wisconsin, interestingly enough, will be returning from France, uh, right as Michigan lands there. So two programs that had a little bit of an issue last year will be, you know, crossing paths there in the skies. Uh, so yeah, that's, uh, I, I can't tell you exactly what we will get out of this, but I will, you know, pass on whatever, whatever we're allowed to, uh, share. And they're playing three professional teams. Is that right? Three professional teams. Um, you know, Juwan spoke about one of them. He said, you know, they've got four guys who previously played in the NBA. The roster I saw didn't quite match up with that, but it was pretty loaded as far as former college stars. I mean, I knew, I knew these guys' names, where they went to school, and they were, you know, conference players of the year. Um, and, you know, in some cases, they're, you know, in their mid-20s, upper-20s, low-30s, you know, they're, they're in their prime of basketball. They're grown men. They're professionals. Now, the Mykonos team probably won't be so good. I mean, I, I just that there's just not that enough talent right there. And there's also knowing having gone on one of these trips, you just don't know exactly who's going to show up. Their season doesn't start for another couple months. So it's like, who, who are you going to get here? You might not have everyone back there. Not everyone lives there or is from that country. You know, guys might be kind of truly still rounding into shape. Um, so sometimes it's not they're not pulling guys off the street, but it's a little bit. It can be a little bit of a ragtag group. Um, but I, it looks like, you know, the, the team they'll play in, in Paris and, and in Athens should be pretty good. They're high level teams. Uh, French league is, is, is maybe the, you know, is right up there as one of the best leagues in, internationally, you know, the, again, the Mykonos team, probably not so good, but Michigan went one and two on their trip four years ago and then started the season 17 and oh, so, you know, it could, it could, you know, pay, pay dividends when the actual games start. That was going to be my follow-up question is if they even win a game, but it sounds like they could probably win one. <laughs> yeah. I think they'll, they'll win one or, I mean, they could win all of them. I, I just, yeah. you just don't know. Um, you know, they still have, you know, they have enough, they have Hunter Dickinson. I mean, he's, he, you know, right now could be uh, a, a key player overseas if he had chosen to go that route. Um, so uh, yeah, there's, they, they've got enough pieces that it should be, they should be competitive and uh Again, I think some of the value, though, from these trips comes, you know, outside of, of just the actual games. It's the practices. And then it truly is, you know, all this time spent together, you know, away from any of your other friends or campus distractions or in some cases, you know, like cell service and things like that. Um, yeah, it'll be uh, uh, it should be it should be a, a good trip for them. So, yeah, again, that's kind we'll, of the under like people don't think about like obviously you practice and play games like you said but like you're around these guys non-stop 24 mm -hmm. hours a day and look some of these guys maybe your roommates back home and, and you know or whatever they from you know previous years or whatever the case may be but you're around the team all day every day and that was kind of my one big takeaway from some of michigan's you know the football trips is these guys just they 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 learn to be around each other i think they learn about like learn about guys maybe they wouldn't have talked to otherwise and you know other side of the ball or guys they just don't yep. interact with a ton so it's you can't really put a price on that and i think that's probably like you said that's a big part of these 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 trips when you're in ann arbor i mean listen they could go and you know get in a car and, and go by themselves somewhere they know where they're going they know how to get there and they know how to converse with everyone else around them uh you know and in greece you know it's a little different you're like oh, all right well here's my buddy he speaks english and you know we're, we're going together we're going in small groups like yeah, I think, I think it just naturally brings you together a little bit. So yeah, there'll be sightseeing and stuff along the way. I think we all know what the major spots are in, in Paris and, and Athens and then Mykonos. Uh, I, I've been to, I've been to Athens and Mykonos. Mykonos will not be, it won't be like the cultural sites, but it'll just be, 
it'll just be beautiful. And that'll be probably more the relaxing part of their trip to, to end at beaches and the resort and, and things like that in addition to their game. So uh, it's nice that the NCAA allows this and the schools can pay for it and off they go. Some schools, not all schools. Some schools, yes. Yes, it's uh, certainly certainly a luxury. So, um, yep, every four years, and, and this is their their time to do it. So, all right, well, we will have continued coverage uh, on MLive.com slash Wolverines on football, basketball, and all things Michigan sports. Thanks for listening.